What if you could go back and listen to your last relationship? There are 1.4 billion swipes on Tinder every single day. We connect, socialize, and fall in love in ways vastly different than we ever have before. And though the romantic landscape is shifting, for a long time, the cornerstone to our relationships has been marriage. But today, that's changing. The number of couples living together is through the roof. The number of couples who choose to live together outside of marriage continues to increase. More Americans are living together than ever before. Cohabitation before marriage, once frowned upon, is now almost still to be kind of worried about the cohabitation. Cohabitation in the United States has increased by more than 1,500% in the past half century. Yeah, you heard that right. 1,500%. There's a story of a family living outside of Abilene, Texas, that decides to take the long, hot drive into town to get some dinner. Afterward, one of them, exhausted, says, I didn't even want to go in the first place. And when they start talking, they realize none of them wanted to go in the first place. They all just said yes because they thought that's what everyone else wanted. This is known as the Abilene Paradox, first coined by Jerry B. Harvey in 1974. Then, there's the girl, Abilene, or Abby for short. It was in New York when Abby decided to move in with her boyfriend. To move in oh, with me. What do you mean I messed it up? I was just like goofing around. I know, I'm, rec- I'm recording it. Oh, you're recording? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't know. She kept the box where she stored these tapes and the pictures she took of us yeah, living together, but left it behind when she moved out. Mm-hmm. Do you not like it? <laughs> I mean, I kind of like it. Oh, okay. You kind of like it. It just sounds like a movie. That's a, I don't know if it's a bad thing or a good thing. It just makes it sound like a movie. Yeah, but it's our movie. It sounds like our <laughs> it's movie. It's our movie. <laughs> I found a note inside that said, I guess we didn't have what it takes. And that is where this story begins. You're listening to The Cohabit. When Abilene finished a tape, she'd write a different name on them for each. The first one she ever made was called A Couple of Kooks, after her favorite David Bowie song. Your turn. Here, we were packing up her apartment, right before we moved in. And somewhere she decided it'd be a good idea for me to try and fit into one of the boxes. How far? All the way. Mm-hmm. What, you think I'm going to shove you in there? Yeah, I do think you're going to shove me in here. You'll be my pet. I'll shove you in. I'll give you food and water, I promise. <laughs> oh, we're taking a picture now? Yeah. 
I'm not happy about We'll look happier than you feel. Jeez. <laughs> Get the, give me the camera. I'm going to take a picture of you. Because you're, you're a jerk. Can I get out yet? Or are we like, are we yeah, done? Yeah, you can get out. Alright. Only because I'm having a shit. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> are you okay? Ow. Oh. <laughs> Here's a pillow. Thanks. Hey. Hey. I got you something. Yeah? However, before we get there, I need to take us back, about a month before we ever started packing. Before I was falling out of boxes, we began the process of moving. We shopped around, applied for apartments, and began telling our families. Recording. I don't even know what just happened. Um, well, what, what did he say? I don't know, he just sounded really concerned. For me, like I'm going down this dark road. Okay. <laughs> I can't even talk. I'm so like flustered. I made, I've made my own decisions, you know. So like whatever, but like no one wants to feel like they've disappointed their grandfather, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, you can even ask if, you know, if you love me or like if you make me a better person, mm. like any of that stuff, which to me is like, so much more important. He was just all about like marriage and whatever else and it was just I don't know I don't even know how to feel about it right now well did you say anything back to him when he said that sort of yeah what did you say I felt like I was kind of mean really just like yeah well I just got defensive mm-hmm. you know like yeah. I just but honestly like I don't even want to think about it right now it's just I'm just sort of over this conversation Okay. Or not, like, I don't, it's not like I don't want to talk to you, it's just... No, it's okay. You know, like, it was just, it's just really frustrating. Why don't we just go to bed then, and we don't have to talk about it tonight. It'll be okay. <laughs> I love you. When it comes to cohabitation, no one talks to each other about it. Despite that, I wanted to start that conversation to see what it takes to live with your partner today. And it turns out, I'm not the only one who had trouble with the family. I had to sit down with each of my family members individually and have a discussion with them. And This is Zara. She just moved in with her partner in D.C. This was way in advance, and it was just me trying to set the seed, I guess, basically, to kind of plant that seed. Zara's family, especially her dad, she says, believes it's important to stay single and date around before you start to think about settling down. Even then, he would say, be cautious. You know, move slow, basically, is his thing. There's no hurry. He got married a little bit later in life. And my mom, too. I mean, she, in that generation, she didn't get married very young either. And so breaking down those barriers were really hard. She says it was just a mindset her whole family kind of had. No real reason. Um, And it wasn't religion. It wasn't necessarily cultural, not really. It was just like the kids, you know, young people don't move in with their significant other unless they're married. For others, like my friend Denise, it wasn't a big deal at all. Oh, yeah. Like, they love him. They all love him. So a lot of the women in my family never really got married early. Like, they had families with men before getting married. So there's not, like, a stigma on it. Like, some people, you know, have that, like, wait a minute. 
it wasn't like a big deal in my family because it, no, it wasn't for anyone else. So Denise says marriage to her is just a piece of paper. At the end of the day, our shit is like way realer than what anyone can say about it, you know? So it just doesn't really matter to us. Then there's my friend Emma, who says she's a bit uneasy with the way society sort of fetishizes marriage. It's like going into, um, you know, the container store and like all the music that's on in there is like pop songs about like getting married and buying homes together, you know? It's, yeah. it's weird. Emma says it was actually her parents who first broke ground when it came to living together outside of marriage, something her mom's parents weren't too happy about. Yeah, I mean, they were both like pretty uh, traditional in some ways. Like my mom tells me that my grandmother told her it's just as easy to fall in love with a rich man as a poor one. <laughs> so, like, For Emma, moving in together made sense. Her partner Alex, on the other hand, was a little hesitant. That He liked that the time that we spent together was intentional. So... One of the reasons he didn't want to move in together yeah. was because he was worried we would get less like quality time together, you know, that it would just be like passive time together. Her boyfriend isn't the only one who's hesitant to join the cohabitation nation, a term I totally made up. I've never lived with anyone, so to be honest, I'm kind of scared shitless of that situation. That's my best friend, Jim. He recounts the story of a couple he knows. Yeah, they've been together for like two years, a really cute couple, really happy couple. And then, of course, what happens is they, they, you know, they move in together. And within two weeks, he's sleeping on his friend's couch. And I found out that they broke up today. And I don't think it's anyone's fault, really. But I just think that, like, man, when you live in together, it could it could ruin it. One of the reasons I love Jimmy is because his entire life revolves around music. He really loves it more than anyone I know. And he loves to reference a good song. When we were together, so he looked up some lyrics. This whole line is so good. It was a Father John Misty song. This is the line that rings so true with New York relationships. Maybe love is just an economy based on resource scarcity. He has a lot to say about New York relationships in particular. Part of the reason why people move in together so early in New York is because it's such a... It's, it's a fi- it's more of a financial decision than than something to do with the relationship. You know, you've been together with this person for a little bit. You don't have a solid group of friends you can live with. Let's go. Let's move in together. Let's save some money. Um, I've I've heard people make the argument that in New York, for example, that you don't have the same options to not live with your partner. That's Galena Rhodes. So I'm Galena Rhodes. She's out in Denver, Colorado. I'm a research associate professor at University of Denver, and I'm also a clinical psychologist. She says there's more to it than that. Um, I think there's there's also sort of a relationship component that, that goes along with cohabitation, where oftentimes couples today, when they start living together, they don't really talk about what it means for the future of their relationship. I hear this dilemma a lot from people, like Denise. I had a nice new apartment and a job, just got out of college, had a company car and everything. You know, he's a smart guy. I had my shit together. <laughs> and so, yeah, he started coming over a lot. And then, you know, one thing led to another. He, you know, left a toothbrush. Then, you know, his little shaving supplies. And then next thing you know, he's moving all his stuff in. This is something Galena calls. Sliding versus deciding. So my my colleague here at the University of Denver is Scott Stanley, and he and I have done a lot of work on, on this concept that we call sliding versus deciding. And it comes out of our work on cohabitation because what it what it seems like we see is that when couples move in together, it's often not really a clear decision. They describe it as something that just sort of happened. For Zara, she says there was a conversation, 
but it took a while to get there. Yeah, he told me recently that he had been hinting at it for months. I had no idea that... One day, he was a little more direct. There was one conversation where he said to me, this is the next step in our relationship and I want to do this with you. That really meant a lot to her, she says. Because it wasn't oh, let's move in to save on money or let's move in to, you know, because the timing on our leases is up. It was like, we want to be together. We don't want to waste any time not being together. Why not? When Still, Galena warns. I think that at a societal level, we sort of think that other people think it's a good idea. <laughs> and and it may be that, that on a more personal level, um, it's not really what people want. I think what people really want in relationships is closeness and intimacy and commitment. And I think cohabitation is sometimes it can take away from the true conversations about uh, intimacy and closeness and commitment to the future. This is at my place, a week after we told our families. She snuck up behind me. Hi. <laughs> oh my gosh, you scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, what's that? Um, I have, I want to tell you a story. A story? Yeah. Like right now? Uh, well first I need to go get something. But I want to tell you a story. It's a funny story. Well, I don't know. Wait. It's not funny, but it's like... You're, you're getting something? Yeah. To, and then you're coming back? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't get to hear the story yet? No. Should we go sit on the couch? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'll meet okay, you on the couch. Okay, I'll be right back. <laughs> um, so, okay, what's the paper? Is that what the story's about? Kind of, but wait. Let me, let me tell you, yeah, I have to tell you the story first. So there's a story before the story? Yeah. The, so there's two stories? Okay, just let me, just <laughs> I'll let just, me go. I'll stop asking questions. Yeah, stop asking questions. Okay, so... I was on the subway earlier today, and there was this guy who, like, came up to me and started talking to me, and so <laughs> he he said that he could tell that I had a lot on my mind, and I know, normally I'd be a little, like, uh, I don't want to talk to you, but I don't know, it's really genuine, so he said, whatever it is, like, just don't worry about it, because it's, it's not about longitude or latitude, it's about attitude. He just like said that? He didn't know, you like didn't talk about like No, anything? he just like, it was like he was reaching out or something, I don't know. Whoa. <laughs> and it's I not like about, said, thank wait, you. it's not about longitude or latitude? It's about it's attitude. attitude. And it just, I don't know, it feels like perfect for us right now. It's good. Hmm. Like it doesn't matter, we're just doing this thing and it doesn't matter what other people think. We're just, it's right for us. And if we have the right attitude, then like what, what nothing else matters. <laughs> It's like words of wisdom from a stranger. Yeah, like we're the crazy I'm man on the it. subway, the wise crazy man on the subway. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so then what's the piece of paper? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I just wrote it down. <laughs> oh. I mean, I didn't want to forget it. I wanted to remember to tell you. And also, I thought maybe we could we could start like a box for us. Oh, like for the for the cassette tapes and the yeah. pictures and everything. And then we can put things like this in it too. Like, it just felt so perfect and. So us, so. So this will be the first one? It's not about longitude or latitude? Yeah. It's about attitude. <laughs> I love it, baby. This is, thanks for, thanks for this. Yeah. This is perfect. Yeah. And thanks for scaring the shit out of me. <laughs> You're uh, welcome. You want to help me finish the dishes? Yes. 
Okay, good. cool. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Love you. Love you. When was this? What year? This was 1966, and I told my mother where I was living, but I took out a phone in my name, and my boyfriend was told that he could never answer the phone, and so that whenever my mother called, I picked up the line, and she never found out about it. This is Dr. Elizabeth Pleck. Dr. Pleck wrote the foremost book on cohabitation called not just roommates, cohabitation after the sexual revolution. She says a lot's changed since that summer of 1966. The change in cohabitation is that it went from being something outside of the mainstream, slightly sinful, slightly shocking, very much hidden, and clearly associated with the poor, poor people's way of living outside of marriage and it went to being a normal part of people's relationships. That's a really significant shift. That's Galena again. And I think it, it coincides with a real decline in marriage where, you know, a few years ago, the percentage of people married in the U.S. dipped below 50% for the first time. We also see a large increase over time in the number of people who have lived with multiple partners. In our national sample of people who got married, 39% of them had lived with um, someone other than the person that they went on to marry. However, I found that when we talk about cohabitation, we're just comparing it against marriage. So I asked Galena, why is that? I think that's a great question. You know, I think um, it's it's the case that more and more people are living together without getting married. It's still really very, very much is the norm that Americans get married and want to get married. I also turn to Ann Friedman. Marriage and policies that are designed to support marriage at the expense of other things do not really support, you know, individuals, nor do they support the sort of breadth of ways that we construct our families today. Ann Friedman writes about media and culture, has a weekly column in New York Magazine, contributes to places like the LA Times, The Guardian, and has a podcast entitled Call Your Girlfriend. We spoke about a lot of things. One of those was how cohabitation's dramatic increase came to be. I mean, there are the obvious cases that sort of allowed, you know, women to access birth control as single, you know, without without like getting it through a husband. And you know, there are some there are some things you can point to, but at this point, those are things that affected my grandparents' generation. Um, when I look at the choices my generation made, it's more about like cumulative efforts. And this is where I think it's important to point out the difference between the cultural shift in cohabitation and the legal shift, which, much like the cultural side of things. Has never been very cohesive. I don't know. I see the rise in cohabitation not as pegged to, you know, five important legal cases or something like that, so much as um, a steady growth in uh, rights and autonomy for women and um, for non-straight people. And she's right. Things like women's rights, gay rights, and also civil rights have had the biggest impact on cohabitation's increase. But the idea that's tied all these things together has been our culture's newfound emphasis on the right to privacy since the 1960s. Which we could translate as the right to be left alone and not have anybody bother you or coerce you to do something. That's Dr. Pleck again. I think that that has become more powerful and important 
for cohabitation. But there isn't one case or one event or moment when I can say, okay, now there are these rights that you have to be left alone. And what I would say in general about it is that poor people have fewer rights to be left alone and they are more likely to be coerced and made to get married. She says there's a culture in our political system that favors marriage and in many cases has made living together even more difficult. And if you do that consistently, you end up punishing a tremendous number of people who are not getting the benefits that they paid in for or deserve or the health care coverage they should have or the social supports that their families need when other people are getting them. Too many people have gone on another path. And uh, as much as some people don't like that, I think accepting reality and coping with it is a much better proposal. Another problem for cohabitation is what to do about money. And that's where Krista comes in. Well, money is the number one contributor for divorce. It has been for the last five or six years and it continues to be, unfortunately. And less than 80% of couples actually talk about money before they decide to move in together. Krista works for Simple, our sponsor. They're a tech company changing the way we spend, save, and now the way we share with an innovative new take on joint bank accounts called Simple Shared. Yeah, so Simple Shared was designed for partners. And when we say partners, we don't necessarily mean in the romantic sense. We mean partners in every sense of the word. What makes Simple Share different from traditional joint checking accounts? Banking is one of those traditional structures that had sort of yet to be taken down. And it was designed for heteronormative married couples to come together and join their finances in one big bucket. And we thought, well, we know that people don't really live like that anymore. That's not the one singular solution. There's no one size fits all. So we said, okay, let's make it really easy to sign up together. Um, let's not make you go to a bank and be asked a lot of probing questions about the nature of your relationship. Let's just make that, that first jump easier. She says that level of vulnerability can transform relationships. You know, I, I have a shared account right now actually with someone on my team. And there's just this level of intimacy and trust that is developed when you understand that you're sharing money with someone. Visit the App Store or go to simple.com slash mycohabit to sign up. Simple Shared. Transforming relationships one bank account at a time. I like the last one we saw best. I think it's the best one. Here, Abby and I are making dinner at her place, still back before we moved in. We've been looking at apartments all day. Um, what's our next step? Um, I guess call the realtor. Oh, and tell them that we want to apply yeah, to okay. the last place we saw. And I just text him instead? Like, is that, yeah. does that work? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Because, cool. like, uh, I guess that means we have to get our shit together for the application and, like, for everything. Yeah. Um, You're still excited, right? Yeah, of course. Good. Sorry, I'm just, like, trying to think of all the stuff you need me to do. Like, no, I'll no, text sorry. The, text the realtor. I think, yeah, I think the best, the last one is the best one. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's all about attitude, right? All about attitude. All about attitude. Stay can you also, you can also help me finish dinner. Oh, yes, what do you need? What can I do? Can you stir this yeah. while you go chop the other stuff? Thank you. Yeah. 
realtor just got back to me. Yeah, what did he say? Uh, he says, come tomorrow. Fill out the paperwork. Cool. Done and done. Cool. It begins. Ready? Let's try it again. Okay. One, two, three. knowing that it would be temporary you're like moving the stuff out of the drawer like i don't want to do this i was like this i like this is my friend liana carrera a writer actor and comedian out in la like didn't have my shit together and like i went to target i spent like 500 bucks on getting like essentials i'm like okay scissors like if she's like hey you got scissors of course i have scissors i always have scissors you know what i mean you know a hand a rag hand towel like real plates like i like Bought new but wait a minute, how are you living before she showed up? Okay, like a bachelor. Like I had like a nice Like a lot of people, she recalls a time where living together with her partner didn't work out so well. I feel like there's times where people sort of move in together to save the relationship. And that's that's never good. That was one of my prior experiences where Liana was often on the road a lot doing comedy. Eventually she and her partner got a place together in Lynchburg, Virginia, where she's from. And they had all this extra furniture and she filled the house with like couches, um, microwave tray, you know, I mean, like a little cart to put the microwave on, you know, she just, she put like... Cart to put the microwave on? Yeah, so microwave like, cart, which will come in. The reason that made such an impression on me is is later, you'll oh hear God, why. But, but it's Once like, the polite facade of freshly moving in together wore off, she says, their real selves began to come out. And then you realize that you have the emotion, emotional maturity of the, you know, 21-year-old that you are, rather than like pretending that you, you're you're ready for this like life commitment. Yeah. They tried to make it work for a few years, but eventually they parted ways. I was literally, oh, I kept the place and uh, she moved out and uh, everything went except for that damn microwave cart. And I just remember being like, what am I going to do with the microwave? I put it on its side, sat on it, like looked around. It was me and my two dogs. I had nothing except for like two duffel bags of clothes and I just, threw it in the car and, and moved cross country to LA. What she says next has really stuck with me. Yeah, there's just, there's a sense of playing dress up when you're young. It's just like wearing, you know, your your dad's clothes or whatever when you're a kid. And, and, and there's just a sense of we were playing house and really believed in it. But it was, it was sort of like we were, we were playing house, you know? I was definitely still finding myself, and unfortunately, when you're finding yourself in a relationship, is dangerous. You make a lot of stupid decisions. You hurt people. You hurt because you're hurting yourself. You don't even realize it. You know, you're just young and dumb, and 
And I'm as guilty as ever of being young and dumb. Years later, Liana is cohabiting again. Um, There's kind of a joke about lesbians that like we meet and then what does like a lesbian bring on the second date? And it's a U-Haul. And that like we move very quickly and tend to like cohabitate very quickly. And I had never done that before. I now can say that I have. Uh, I definitely U-Hauled on the second date with my my girlfriend. And it's true. Lesbians in the entire LGBTQ community have had an interesting relationship with cohabitation. That's all we could do in the past. We could cohabit and usually cohabit in secret. That's Lillian Faderman, author of the book The Gay Revolution, which was a New York Times notable book for 2015. She says in the early years, there were some that thought fighting for marriage was worth it. And others? Who saw that uh, as assimilationist during the height of the feminist movement, who saw that as, as emulating the worst aspects of heterosexuality. But, but today, gay marriage is legal. And in regards to cohabitation, Dr. Plex says things may have changed. Uh, Safe-sex marriage is having huge consequences for cohabitation, but the ground is unsettled. To me, her concern is similar to this assimilation view that Lillian Faderman mentioned. She feels that by fighting for marriage, it's allowed this cultural and political perception to persist that marriage is still the ideal. Let's wait and see if we can have more opening up of options rather than hallowing marriage. So far, I would say the answer is no. We have this, the, the rhetoric of the Supreme Court, the emphasis on the, how fun same-sex weddings can be, uh, has all moved in the direction of valuing marriage more. For others like Anne Friedman, she sees gay marriage as a way to reconsider social norms. It's true that, you know, once we sort of further explode ideas that um, marriage means this one thing and anything that's not it should not be privileged, <laughs> um, then we maybe have to ask some harder questions about, like, you know, economically and socially how we make policies, which I also think is awesome. Like, maybe um, mainstreaming gay relationships by allowing same-sex marriage is also a way of mainstreaming conversations about other ways to be in long-term committed romantic partnership. She says gay rights, and more importantly, the gay community, are one of the best role models for 21st century family life. I continue to look at the ways my gay friends construct their romantic lives and learn from that and take lessons from that. So there's maybe something about the, not just the movement for gay marriage, but the increasing social acceptance and freedom of gay couples to sort of openly construct their romantic lives in ways that make sense for them. That's, you know, sometimes does not entail marriage even now that it's legal. And that's the case for my friend Liana, who isn't interested in marriage, at least not anytime soon. Now I can have the luxury of being sort of anti-establishment. Now I can be like, oh, I don't want to get married because why Why would I want to get married? Because I'm not in any rush. Mm-hmm. Um, not in any rush. But I love that it's there. And the pressure's there from family now, of course. Well, you can get married, so when are you going to get married? And they're like, okay. Mm. But still, she says, fighting for marriage was worth it's it. like explaining, you know, water to a fish you don't know until you step outside yourself. So it's almost impossible for you to really, really understand, but it's great that you're trying, but it's just, it's... There's no way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just so weird. And so when it happened, I felt like so, so much pride. It just felt like being recognized for who you are, and it felt like your love is worthy of this thing that everyone aspires to. 
When I ask her something that's changed since they moved in together. All of a sudden you're going grocery shopping together and you're that like annoying couple that's like you go separate ways in the produce section and then you like lean over and you're like, baby, do we have kale? And like leaning and they're like, no, I don't know. I think we have kale. I think we have onions and we have onions and the carrots and they're like crossing and like just annoying the shit out of people. And I was like, we're, we're, I am that couple now. I am that couple. No one in this store cares if I have kale or onions. But she's like, baby, do we have kale? Okay, grab the tape recorder. No, I already got it. It's recording. Okay. I got it. This is like this is it, right? Yeah, this is, okay. this is the guy. Okay, all right. Put on speaker. Hello. Hi, Abilene. This is Reese from Brooklyn Realty. Hey, Reese. How are you? Good. Uh, I'm just calling to let you know that you're approved for the apartment. So swing by whenever you want to pick up your keys. Awesome. Thank you so much. No problem. Do you Do you need anything else from us? No, that's it. Yeah. Wh when do you close? Can we come by today or? Uh, yeah, we close at 6. Okay. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah, no problem. Bye. Bye. We got it! <laughs> oh my god. Yay. So it begins, huh? So it begins. Uh, oh my god. Um, so, should we go back today? I feel like we should just go tomorrow. I was just like, that's why I was thinking. That's why I asked yeah. them, like, when they close. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Does it matter? I'm just too excited. <laughs> Is that, oh, that's me. Yeah. Oh, that's my mom. Hold on. Nice. Yeah. Hey, mom. That was, in fact, my mom who called to tell me that my grandfather had had a heart attack and didn't make it. Good morning. After the funeral, I took a late bus back to her place and crawled into bed. Do you mind if I record this? You don't mind, right? Oh, no. I mean, I am recording it. <laughs> Is that okay? Yeah, I just, is there something you want to talk about? I just, I'm super tired. Well, how, how is the funeral? Um, oddly surreal, actually. Really? Well, did they say anything about us living together? Um, I mean, really, we just, the way we didn't really talk about anything. Like, we were all just sort of there, you know? Mm. I don't know, I also was on the bus ride back, end up writing a prayer, actually. Really? Can yeah. I read it? It's like, it's over here. Can I read it? You want me to read it to you? Yeah, Can I read it to you? of course. Okay. It says, West Virginia bound, the land of my birth, to pay my respects to my grandfather. I carry his name proudly into the universe that has embraced his death with the promise of new life. He is now we, the stuff of stars once beautifully captured in body and consciousness, released back from whence it came, from whence we all came, and so return. Amen. Hey, that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know, just trying to process it all. <sighs> Just like, what a weird moment. Like, where it's like we were like super happy for like a second. Like this, I mean, whatever, I can't, you can't like pick the time that this is like gonna happen, you know? Yeah. It just happens, I just, it's just weird. I don't know how to like, 
I don't know how to handle it. <laughs> I'm just like, you know? Yeah, it's okay. So now we're back to the last week before we moved in, packing boxes and falling on the floor. Back to that thing she got me, remember? Uh, am I closing my eyes? Is this like one of those? No, you don't have to. Yeah, I'm sitting up. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Moving? Is that right here? Sorry, I ruined it. No. Um, yeah, it's, it's moving <laughs> since you guessed it. Um, but yeah, my grandmother and I used to watch it together, and it was her favorite. It was her favorite movie, so yeah. Ooh, it's like an old movie? Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, I just, there's no real reason. I just, I guess I just, um, I'm, I want you to know I'm here for you, and I thought it would be fun for us to watch it together. Yeah? Yeah. Can I open it now? Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I just want to know. All right. Yeah. The Picnic, mm -hmm. starring William Holden and Kim Novak. Oh, cool. So this is like 1955. His shirt off. That's <laughs> hilarious. I know. What a classic movie cover. It is. Um, thank you. Of course. Yeah. No, I felt that. I know I'm not. Like, I know you're here. It's been, like, tough, but how you've been there for me already, like, in so many ways, it's just like, I don't know, I'm speechless. I don't, I don't know, like, how, like, I, I feel it, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel you being here, so thank you. Okay. Do you want to watch it tonight? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, let's, like, order some food. Yeah, we're done packing. Oh, we're totally done packing. <laughs> I think I just broke the last box. <laughs> so, we're totally done packing. Cool. Thank you, baby. You're welcome. Love you. Love you, too. What does that have to do with the, anything? Like, don't shush me. You're gonna miss this. Oh my god, just record us watching the movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ooh, I like this. I like this sound. Kid, I'll show you a step I learned in LA. Now watch this. First, you gotta set the rhythm. What? So, what does that have to do with.
So, what does it take to live together? We went into this with, it was a commitment. We want to be together. We want to move our relationship forward. This is the best way to do it for us right now. I don't know how to describe it. I guess I just believe that we happen to have like a bigger purpose than just like, oh, I lived with that guy for a couple of years. I feel like every day I wake up liking her more. And that's the opposite for me that I've ever experienced in my life. And people are like, that's when you know it's real. I'm like, uh, let's slow down. <laughs> We're both sort of like not wanting to put too much pressure on So it. we think that, that people will do better in relationships and cohabitation too if they make clear decisions along the way rather than sliding into things that might increase their chances of staying with someone before they're really ready to make that commitment. There's actually a, a record that uh, this guy Anthony D'Amato did that is like all about that and like there's like a, there's a line in it that's like if it don't work out if it don't work out you take the bed and I'll take the couch if it don't work out Wait, I gotta find this right now uh, As for me, I'll be continuing this journey into the world of cohabitation. There's still more tapes from the box Abilene left behind. This story isn't over. Right, I think so, yeah. What if you like walked into the wrong apartment? <laughs> Just kidding. Should we knock? Just in case. Right. <laughs> All right. This is it. Here we are. Our new home. Set the first box down. You did it. What you think? I'm excited. Yeah? Yeah. What about you? Um, well... What do you mean, um? <laughs> no, I mean, no. I, I'm okay. I'm excited. I just... Okay. Well, I was thinking about my grandfather, like, mm. when I was at the funeral, growing up with him, and when I asked him what heaven was like for the first time, when I was little, he actually, I remember he compared it to moving. Mm. He was like, like, I never forgot this. He was like, you know, you pack up your old life, and you, you know, you go and move in to your new home. And like, I was thinking of that, and I was thinking of us moving in, and like, it just, I don't know, I'm not saying this is like heaven for us, but it's like, <laughs> it's, I'm with you, and it's really close. Oh, come on, whatever. I'm allowed to be cheesy once in a while. No, you are, it's sweet, it's sweet. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I don't, yeah, I'm excited. This is good. It is. If anyone has what it takes, it's us. Mm-hmm. All right. A Prismatic Radio Production.